Hey there, this is Kevin Pascal and you're tuned into the Hinted Neon Podcast. Today on the show, you will hear me talk with Blessing Emma. We talked about navigating tech and societal issues. My true vision for this podcast is to have as many interesting conversations around our current social and political climate. I want to be able to hold as many conversations with people about what really affects us as people, as individuals and as society as a whole. If you have anybody who you want to hear me interview on this show, please contact me on Instagram or Twitter at Hinted Neuron and I'll be happy to have them on the show. If you've not already done so, please subscribe. Just follow the link on the description and you see a link to rate this podcast five stars. And also share this podcast with those who you think might be interested in listening. And now, here's my conversation with Blessing Emma. Welcome to episode 10 of the Hinted Neuron Podcast. This is actually great. It's like celebrating 10 years, birthday. <laughs> Today on the show, I have product manager and co-founder of Blockchain OAU, one and only Blessing, Emma. She's here with me with 85 billion neurons and she's going to be talking about our own tech journey and how you two can get involved. First of all, Blessing, let me see. Let me just, let, let me just tell you, you are the first female voice on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Hi everybody, good. <laughs> How are you all? So this is gonna be I'm just talking and no one is looking at me. Blessing is a law student of OAU. She's a product manager and also the co-founder of Blockchain OU. All those I said all those things in the, um, in the introduction. Blessing, I guess a good place to start would be this is like a whole lot of career stuff in <laughs> for, for you. So a good place to start to be telling us about how you started your tech journey. What got you inspired? When did it click that? I mean, this tech scene is for me. Okay, okay, okay. So I think that growing up, I wasn't so aware. So the only way I knew about tech was a movie. Like when you watch the Matrix, you just see things like that. Or you see those um, software developers when they're typing on laptop, all those hackers. So I think I always liked all those things, but I never really took like, Interest. So my whole tech journey actually began. Um, my I think towards the end of P degree, I knew that I wasn't going to like in school. Like doing P degree, I was so broke and I didn't you know, like it. So I, I knew that I was not <laughs> going to come back, come to university, and then come and do all those attend your classes, get first grad, then come out of school and be looking for a job. That was not me. So I guess that. I started reading up on things. And when I got to school, I got in school with the intent to attend events and get more away. I think my first event then was to attend was one cryptocurrency blockchain meetup in OAU at New Booker in Spring Hills. Yes. So I attended another day and I attended another event. And funny things was that the people I met at the blockchain OAU, I still met them. I still met them at the next the event of the next day. And then before you know, you start talking, to, you start meeting people. And then next thing I know, I joined communities on campus and people that were there were already techies. I started having like more friends in tech. I was just like, there's a way that when you do something, it feels right. So I guess like from that instant, it felt right that I was there. So that's why I just feel like this tech, tech is in everything. So it's not as if you can just run away from suffering. Don't assume yourself. It's your choice. But 
I was, it just felt right and home. So blessing is in tech because it felt right. She doesn't want to suffer. There's there's cool cash here and she wants to network with so many people possible. So what what do you think were the biggest hurdles? I think the biggest hurdle most people that I know of face is that they don't know what their what their space in tech is. So like let's just say that disclaimer, I mean my third year in OAU in law. So for my first two years in tech, I didn't know what I was doing per se. I was mostly everything. I, I organized events. I was blockchain. I did blockchain and cryptocurrency. Organizing that one event. I did pilot Python. I even learned digital marketing. My part one. That was the that was what I learned. That's what I was carrying on my head like a taking. So I didn't know my space exactly. So the issue that most people face is finding out what their space in tech. But I think that the more you explore, you now find out. I knew that coding was not going to be me. See, like I cannot be a coder, maybe a code code <laughs> person. I cannot sit down and be typing on a laptop for a long time. But you don't know. When you explore, you see what you like, you don't like, and one way or the other, something that you like will click. But my one advice is that be open to almost every experience because of at the end of it all, something that you did not learn, you may be forced to learn to use um, that stuff in another face. So just be open to experiences and learning new things. That's it. That is a big dilemma. The explore exploit dilemma. You have to know when to stop exploring and start exploiting <laughs> what you have the real passion for in tech. Cool. Do 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 you think um, Africa is behind you? Do, how, how how far behind are we? Do, do you think we're behind? Well, honestly, kind of in a way, yes. Because of China, I feel like it all has to do with awareness. We're not aware during the first instance. So China and all those countries, like from their onset, yes, they had their tradition, but they were more ready to... Ex- I feel something that held us back was maybe our government. When you look at all this China and Co, they had all these, um, well, I say dictatorship, whereby if someone wants to move forward, whether you like it or not, they don't care. For this Nigeria, we have been much like we had our <laughs> cultures and we were divided. And now to democracy, even the politicians that are meant to help us, they want to steal money. That's their own. And if you want to do things, they are mostly starting with, like when you see most governments, if they want to improve the life of people, it's by trying to build roads or to build school. Those things are good, but they are not really much affected. Okay. Like one thing I've learned recently was that, you know, as a child, when you, you learn how to read and to write, yeah. help start. I now learned something that in Hong Kong or US, one of them, they have included something else again for their children. Every child will at least, when you're growing up, learn how to read, write, and code. The coding, it has turned into like a small child of two or three years old. They get introduced to it. As you can see, there'll be 14 year old billionaires in Hong Kong or in the US. So when they were t- um, three years old, it became a part of their culture to learn how to code. Yeah, are we behind? We are still Are we behind? We're not that behind now. At least in Nigeria, Nigeria, we're at least better. I wouldn't say we're better than other African countries per se because of, I also see some things are politics. Politics are holding us back. Policies, all these annoying things, they are the ones holding us back. Our computer labs in secondary school were defunct. 
so you are a product manager and you talk you talk a lot about that stuff and you're trying to get people on board but what what's product management about and why should i or we be interested that's what we're talking about like your space in tech so everybody has their space in tech you may know it but you may figure you figure it out like i said at first i was trying new things and i felt like example when i did python python was part of coding but an aspect of coding it felt okay like it felt right but it did not feel like the main thing blockchain and cryptocurrency feels right but it does not feel like that is the main thing so you know when people can become software developers and they are badass but there's like <laughs> the top now so i knew that that was not going to be me I can try to be average in it, but that was not going to be me. So I want to find my own thing. And that was how I found product management because of the kind, it has to do with the kind of person that you are. I am extroverted. I like meeting people. I like managing. And we are like organizing things. And all these things, like, and as a software developer, you don't really get to do all those things. You basically get assigned to that and you sit down and figure out how to build it. And it's cool. Like, it's, it's fascinating on its own. But that did not feel like me. So I think I just attended a training last year and that was how I've, I got to know about the role and I fell in love like this is totally me. I can wear different hats. So it's not about, it's not about you going into product management. It's looking at the kind of person that you are, the roles that fit your strengths and then working on, looking on learning skills in that role. That's how I got my product management. So, like I said, um, product management, let me use a, I like this illustration. The most popular app that we all use, WhatsApp, is a mobile app. Now, before WhatsApp came, it was created, it was an idea. Somebody said that, oh, let us create a platform whereby people can communicate with each other straight up. So, probably the first interface that they were looking at was, let me send a message, everyone receives it. That was the main thing. There was nothing like status. That, that status was basically someone coming up with the idea. It was nothing like video call or WhatsApp call, those kind of things. Those were other things that were coming up. So a product manager basically handles all this. So from the idea stage, like example, let us create WhatsApp. That means we need to start with the and what is the basic thing? A way of people sending information from one place to another. And then through their phones, WhatsApp came about. Oh, guys, what what does what if we, they could make calls with, with WhatsApp? No problem. Let us put that into the app and see how people react to it. So mostly the whole running of the whole, like managing it all, coming up with the ideas, not even, not only them at times, but the idea is they're testing those ideas and basically organizing people to carry out the tasks that are needed. And if that idea, people like it, running with it. If it's not, if people don't like it, killing the idea. That's what mostly what product management is all about. That seems like a lot, though. Is is product management the same thing as like supervisor or uh, did different? I don't know it because I know there will be people who supervise a project. And project managers they also act as supervisors. I will say that if there is a project manager and there is a product projects are mostly this. This is what they are mostly about. I'll use them as I'll put them instead for the supervisory role. A project man, a project, I use the word project manager. Basically, they are concerned about what are we doing, what is the time frame, and what is like our budget. So we want to execute something within two weeks. Let us get it executed. They are mostly about getting something executed within that time. 
So I will put them more of the supervisor. Why the product manager is what are we executing per se? And if we're executing it, does our customer, the people that are building it for, do they like it? So the product manager is all about the products. Like what is the idea? What you guys are building, whether the customer or the user will like it. Why the project manager is all about delivering on deadlines. You get. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I think I understand very well now. So you are a YouTuber, you have a YouTube channel, and you talk about some things on Tuesdays called Tech Tuesdays. What's that about? What do you do on your YouTube channel? Well, actually, because of that, I actually opened, it was because of Tech Tuesday that I actually opened a YouTube channel. So at first, I don't know, I just wanted to do something. I think it was mostly about the way of branding in the sense that what what's like, is this what, what do you want people to know you about? So I got three things that I wanted. I may put them, I wanted people to know me for product management, technology, and personal development. And then I was not looking like, how can I express this aspect of me? Product management, I do that. Personal development, yeah, I read books and stuff. And then I share with people. The technology, I do that, but then it's not like so out there. So what can I do? And then I just basically started Tech Tuesday. I don't even know who told me to be. I don't even know how I got to know about it. I started on my status, actually, posting the video on my status. And for like a while, it was just like fun. I think that one thing I did again was that I struggled with consistency. So Tech Tuesday was a way of me being consistent. I did that for a month. I posted tools that people that make people's life easier that this whole tech stuff is not so complicated as people make it seem. It does not mean you have to be a coder. Being techie means that you basically are just aware of the technology out there, the products, and how they make your life easier. So I started talking about tools that do this. Because I had KeepVid, I had KeepVid, I had Social Blade, and then Save from PDF, web, web page to PDF.com. Like those easy, easy things that you can just use and just makes your life easier. So that was how Tech Tuesday came about. And I opened a YouTube channel and I posted it there. And that was the story of that one. Yeah, that, that was interesting though, because you, you said you used to talk about self-improvement. What, what book are you currently reading? Principles by Ray Dalio. Yeah, I just and finished right that book. now, <laughs> it's like, have you read it before? Yeah, I finished it last month. Yes, how was it? It's a good book. I mean, it's something that's straight to the point. It's something that everybody's supposed to know about. People who want to manage people and just, you know, any kind of thing, principles for your own life. And even if you want to manage people, it's an interesting book. He talked about a lot of things. He sees things from a very natural and evolutionary perspective. Ah, he's a shaker. He's just like Elon Musk. <laughs> and cool. I feel like. I'm actually still in the biography, like his life story. I've not entered into his principles yet. Because I've been reading, I've seen the book and I've read some principles, but I really wanted to sit down and read the book itself. So far, I love the fact, like, I love the story. And one thing I realized was that Redal, people like um, Steve Jobs, Redalio, just had one company and his own is Bridgewater Associate, the Bridgewater yeah. company. And people like Steve Jobs just have their Microsoft and their Apple. I just focused on one thing. It didn't stop yeah. to me, but I know that right now we're still young. We're trying now to figure out what that one thing is. It was not like Elon, Elon Musk is like the Baba of now trying to do um, many things. He's doing SpaceX, he's doing Tesla, he's doing Boeing Company and all that. 
That guy rocks. It's just like trying me. Yes, he does actually. It's just like that's my next book. I must read that is um Elon Musk's book. I've been seeing the book, but I've not yet sat down to read it. About that, you that's what I'm doing. I have the book, but I've not read it. It's much, but I feel like I like I'm enjoying it right now. And it's good to get into the minds of these people. Yeah. So you know, right now you have a very interesting career path and you're doing a lot of stuff and where you have to be very responsible and take accountability. But what was one was one responsibility you really hate right now that you that you currently have? Okay. One thing I'll say, if you have to say, I would have to say that I wish there was a way I knew whether something was worth it or not. Mm. Have that kind of that way I know whether to put my energy there and my time. I know sometimes some things are like some things you learn from the experience and cool, but some things it's better for you not to even involve yourself from the onset. That kind of thing, like that time that the thing I learned, something that I'm learning a lot is that. The most precious thing that you have is not really your money. It's mostly your time. Like that time just keeps going. And just like so, if you want to become a software developer, you have to dedicate time to it. But I don't want to be putting my time in things that at the end will not profit me or at the end I will drop out of. Is that what dropping out I don't like? That in a way, even if I was going to drop out of something, I bother drop, why bother putting my energy there? But I feel some things that was still learning. And learning along the way. I, I think that's part of the exploration. I mean, exploration is still good. You could explore for life. I think for my exploration, I told myself for my I told myself something that I was so tired of picking things up and dropping them that I told myself that this is my product management I'm going into. I wasn't going to drop it for the next three years. That kind of thing. Uh, with, yeah. I use the word with that year. I didn't pick forever. I use the timeline three years. That was last year around September. So we're going, oh, this September even makes it one year. One year of product management. Okay. So I have two yeah. more years to see whether product management is my role role in my role role in tech. Yeah, kicking so your life goals. <laughs> my advice to anybody is that stay in something for at least six or three months and see how it goes like I mean, that's some cool advice man but yeah that's 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 that's, <laughs> that's <the stuff. laughs> so, so what, what do you think that people don't know right now the whole ecosystem what do you think people don't know that they should know I don't know when people start telling me uh, some people, someone, someone enter my DM and say that I don't know, like, I don't understand. I don't know what that is the way. Someone will enter your DM and say that they want to get into this, but they don't know how to get about it. Number one thing, go and read a book on it. Or go and Google. Google and YouTube are your best friend. You are curious about this. Don't come and be this. Okay, maybe because of, maybe because of people are seeing their learning stage. But honestly, you are curious about what is AI. You know, I post about it and you want to ask me. But think about it. About 30 people have asked me this question. The least I can do for you is to send you a link. I cannot sit down be here sending you VN or sending you <laughs> a whole text message about what. Yes, people are lazy. People are lazy, I won't lie. Like, everything to be brought to them. And that's how people are making money in this world. People are lazy. So solve a problem for them and they'll pay you for it. It's the truth. I, I think Naval, Naval said this to the, if, the, if you... If you are waiting for someone to give you a recommendation about something or to tell you more about something, that means you are not really interested. 
that if you were really interested, you would have gone to do your own yeah. research about it. You really put it very well. <laughs> you no, know, I feel like sometimes we just have to sit back and say, okay, everyone, almost everybody have an Android phone and you have data to go online. Yeah. That time you want to use and go and ask me questions that I would respond for two hours. Just go and write, what is AI? What is yeah. <laughs> blockchain? Currency. When you read that one, you now say, hi, please, I have read this thing about this and I'm very interested in this. Is there any way you can help me moving forward? Well, okay, I read that this is, this is, this. And I'm totally following this career path, but I don't know how to start. Can you show me? Out? And I'll tell you, okay, there are organizations that do this. Best I'm like, all right, thank you. Go and look. Okay, can you please give me an example? I can direct you an organization. You now go there. Master, you go to my DM and said that. Um, do you know somebody in the organization? Do you know somebody or can you be the one that will link me up? Or actually, if you are very serious about something and you ask somebody and they see you are serious, they'll give it to you. Some things that I've gotten because of our, some people just say I'm consistent. I feel, I feel you are pretty intense. <laughs> oh, wow. I feel like I'm lazy and I'm not together. <laughs> it's not like I feel like, I think that, how will I say this now? I just think it's, a part, it's all about perception. Like example, you guys have to be careful about that. Let's use the most popular one, Instagram and social media. When someone posts, they be thinking their life is all sweet, but you don't know what, to, what is behind all these things. So, but then it's like a way of how you want to be portrayed. Mm. Right now, I keep hearing this thing about you are young. I read something yesterday post, you are young. So that is your excuse. I'm still young. That's your excuse. So you can still make your mistake. Why is that, that not give you a right to come and misbehave or to, I feel like if you are new, a newbie to something, it's good. You get, you are curious and cool, but I feel like you should take some personal, some personal responsibility. You, someone cannot spoon feed you. And I think that I'm learning that. I think I personally before, I prefer to be spoon fed. Like example, someone will come and teach me something or, some, or somehow like that. But the main one that, really good it's you going to go and dig the information and f- try it out and fail that was not how we thought when we're in secondary school a teacher will enter class they'll give you notes they'll teach you all you have to go and do is read a pass test that's the way we know it's put and then we don't understand teacher will correct you but yeah right now in this world nobody's available to be teaching you personally so you have to use all this online platform blogs mm. And then when you're now ready, when you now you have learned that thing, you now say, okay, where can I get more knowledge? The first thing you need to do is to read a book or read about that topic very well. The second best thing you can do is to join a community. If you want to become a data science, find data science communities and join. If you want to become a product manager, find a product manager community and join. If you want to, what else is there? If you want to code, there are coding communities. And I thought, I tell me tops. Not as if like my own Saturdays in school or when I was in Lagos, it was mostly filled up with meetups. And it was cool. I got to meet some people. Yes, I yes, I did not talk to them. I went, we're not best of friends. But it was more like the space I want to go into. You have to get connect there. And those people that are thinking are small boys now, like example, the developers today with in two years' time, there'll be big boys in the space if they still stay there. So meetups are cool. You get to meet people, people that have been there before, before you. What you are struggling with, someone has been there before. You meet them, you talk to them, they share their experience with you and their knowledge. You get opportunities and you start working on projects. Like, I think there's a circle that there's like a pathway, but it's like we have to be ready to sacrifice 
and to give our time. We can be lazy, you, but then at times we have to start stand up. <laughs> that coming from blessing Emma, that's big advice. Whoever is listening, better take that advice, man. So I I, I noticed sometime you you talked about getting more females in tech and having equal representation. What do you think are ways we can start to solve these issues of equal representation, getting more getting more females in tech, having more female software engineers, or I mean, around just the, um, the tech ecosystem? Do you think it's a big problem? If yes, how do you think we can solve it? Well, number one, I would say is the, the ratio of male and female in tech, I'll say we have more seven males, three females. And mostly, I would say the cause of it all is mindset or mentality. When we're growing up, some of us, when we're growing up, the idea of a woman was basically at the end, you can get what you saw was a mother. Some people, not all parents were like that. Your mother was at home or the idea of a woman, you can get married and you give birth to children. That is a part of life. But there wasn't really much exposure of what you could do with your life. The least you could say, another, another thing you could see your mother or another woman doing is having businesses. You could say, I should have a new salon or maybe a hair salon or she's selling pepper or provision stuff. That's what we mostly see women doing. So all those little, little things fed into our thoughts. And now ladies were mostly like, another thing again was that the men had to take care of the ladies and the home. So when you see ladies enter into school, there is this mentality that it is a guy that men take care of the lady and stuff like that. Those are all parts of life. But it is like right now that we are getting to, I don't say we have been, in, no, it's like maybe it seems like baby mama has a work for students. That, yeah, baby mama, you have to take care of your child. There's no man. So you see those women and the ones that are the hustlers. Yeah. Or maybe women that they don't want to, or maybe the rebels, let's use our the rebels in the house. They don't mm-hmm. want to go down that path of, of the man providing for them or them having nothing for themselves. So they start doing things for themselves. That all got into it. And when the tech space came up, it mostly looked as if the men were the one getting into things. I see like my, when we're growing up, mostly the woman is thought to be quiet and to be meek and humble and all those things. The men were like meant to be the protective one. If they want to try something out, they're the ones that go for it. But women, mm. we always doubt ourselves and school. So it's like... But I like the fact that right now, I think that most women are like, the world is getting to that stage whereby women, that's why we have all this girl education stuff that right now it is normal for girls to go to school. So right now in the tech space, we are having more tech ladies, unlike before, when we're like maybe seven guys, three females. Not yet, we're not there, we're not yet there that is um, equal, equal. We are getting there. And then I think another way of doing that is of expanding or making it easier is I don't say favor the ladies more. <laughs> In the sense that when you give it, the men have been the one enjoying it. So right now we should do more of favoring the women. Yes, definitely the part of skill. If they can get the job done well, of course. I feel like a lady should at least get. So no matter how, no matter whether even if it's a man, a man is there. But when it's a woman, it's doing more than just giving her a job. It's basically grow, uh, making her to grow. And other ladies are under her, other ladies are seeing her. She's inspiring them to also want more. 
for another man, just like a normal thing for the man. So until we get to that stage whereby it's a normal thing for every girl to like aspire in life to be whatever you want and you can do it. You you made some good points. I I agree with you, but I I, I kind of disagree on the point of men <laughs> being the one enjoying. Well, because society was the one that created much of the imbalance yeah, and not and yeah. not um present day men <laughs> present day men are trying to figure life out too <laughs> yes now but it's what you have seen before that you still live it's just like it's very hard for you to like um be born into a home and you start to do things different from what you were taught from home it's what you saw in your environment it's what you saw in your home that you probably think is a normal thing but when you enter into a very different environment, that's what these attending events did for me. Definitely, I in school, OU was always a box, like it was just people around there. But when I went to Lagos and I attended the event, I entered into all these top hotels, all these companies, you now see people. Things like that expand your mind to what is capable. So it's just like, it's what has been here. It's what has been like from the onset, even in the Bible, Adam first, then woman. So all those kinds of things are there. But I feel like it seems like we're all learning and growing. So Yeah, so basically people need exposure, more exposure and more exposure to what's possible. Yes, yeah, so and data. <laughs> yeah. So you are the co-founder of blockchain OU. What's it about? What are they doing? What are they trying to achieve? Blockchain OU is a community of crypto and blockchain enthusiasts. When people talk about crypto, when people talk about blockchain, the first thing that comes to your mind is cryptocurrency. When you talk about cryptocurrency, the first thing that comes to your mind is Bitcoin. And then basically that is money. But cryptocurrency is like just one aspect. Let me use an, let me use this illustration. What, as you have your phone now, you have different apps on it. You have your WhatsApp, your Instagram, your Facebook. Let's just say crypto, um, crypto trading, just like your WhatsApp. They see the Instagram, mm. they see the Facebook, they see the Twitter. Mm. They see other aspects that people can apply the blockchain technology to that could actually change things. So I would say that blockchain OU is basically, it's not just you coming to learn how to trade, it's basically an exposure ground to what blockchain and cryptocurrency really is. You come and we talk about what we talk about different aspects about like now what has been trending in the blockchain world is Delphi. This stands for decentralized um, finance. Whereby, instead of you going like now, instead of like now, let's just say in crypto trading, not in crypto trading, in the fact that sending money, sending money from um, US to Nigeria, if you are going to the traditional ways of banks, by like, number one, bank will charge you. They will charge mm. you. It will take time before they get, before the money even comes. But with things like, let me use an example, like with cryptocurrency and all those things, you can easily transfer. But for those things to be transferable, they need a platform. That's where all these platforms come into being. All these, um, all, all I say, OKEX, all these Lulu, mm-hmm. things like that, Bonduku, all these platforms where people can answer that, okay, I want to buy, I want to sell, I want to send, and instantly. So those are where, those are like applications of, of the blockchain into finance. There can still be application of blockchain into into agriculture, into law itself. Like I actually know a blockchain lawyer. And when it comes to blockchain and law, it has to do mostly with smart contracts. Smart contracts and this is just like a normal, it's just like the idea of a normal contract. 
between two people, but the blockchain makes it invisible. So the smart contract has to do with basically, you and I agree on this, but I don't know whether you up, um, keep your part of the but your own part of the bargain. Mm. So the way of smart contract works is that okay, the five million that I'm meant to send to you, I'll send it to you. I said five million. Okay. The five million I'm meant to send to you, I'll send it to you if you send me this amount of goods. So until I receive this amount of goods and I've confirmed before that that five million it's it is actually in the blockchain. It's like it is locked in the blockchain. So, so until I confirm that I've received these goods from you before I can now release it. If I don't confirm, it cannot be released. So this is exact different scenarios that you can apply blockchain technology into it. And they are very, they're like much more. The country that is championing this right now is like all these Asian countries, China, Hong Kong. They actually have com- like blockchain companies. Like they deal with all these things. All this on Nigeria, on what is, what's like winning right now is in Nigeria is crypto trading. That is it. Oh, but right now we are having a um, platform coming up trying to do their own um, finance fintech application like Bondu Pay. I know OKEX is not from Nigeria. Bondu Pay, Tatcoin, at least that one. I know Tatcoin, Abit Network. Like we're coming up and trying to build our own, buy coins and hey, have a friend, Flux. Incorporating cryptocurrency payments, we're coming up with our own right now. Hong Kong and all these Asian countries they have gone for. Yeah. That's pretty interesting, man. I'm excited for I'm excited for the future what's to come. And I, I won't see more of these um apps and technologies by Africans, by we Nigerians addressing our own issues here too, man. What what do you think about banks in the next in the next twenty-five years or maybe let let, let, let let's be optimistic, fifteen years. <laughs> let's be optimistic and say fifteen years. Let's say in the next five years, five, seven years, not 15 years, 15 years, no. 15 years, banks should not exist. <laughs> banks should not exist in 15 years. They should not. Mm-mm, they will not. Five, seven years. Banks transfers them, convert to fintech companies. Like what they are doing, what banks were created for was for people to go and deposit money, draw money and mm. send money. But now we yeah. have fintech that are doing that. I have applications that are doing that on their own that people are building them and they are doing that. So there is no need for me to, to send 5,000 error when I can do that with my mobile app. We human beings, we felt we trust banks even though our neighbor is crap. And dollar is like rubbish. There's still trust in this bank, in banking. But right now, we are all moving into a digital, we're trying to accept more of online payment and co. So, but in the next seven years, will just be, I don't know, they'll be very, they'll pack their load. Although, just basically convert or, I don't know what um, pivots to change. They basically change into another system or they incorporate or they become a fintech company. That's what I see. Yeah, banks yeah survive or die. <laughs> yes, so that's how it is like. That's, that's interesting. Let's enter into the fact that, um, like, as 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 banks are going now, do you think the laws in Nigeria might slow down the tech disruption concerning banks? Do you think that would really, really happen? Like, the disruption will happen, you know, based on Nigerian laws, which are quite conservative in a way. Well, what I want to say is that I don't. I never say this thing. I said I'm blaming. 
is because of our politicians or our kind of leaders. When things like this, when things are happening in the country, listen to the news. Because all news tells you is bad news. I don't, I, I don't want. It's mostly the kind of government. Like, I don't think they are aware. They are mostly. And the ones that are aware, we have more of. I don't. Illiterate does not mean they don't know Buko. Illiterate in the sense of what is going on. So we have more illiterate than literate people. So when the literate people they are trying to change, the illiterates will not agree because of they feel like, why should we do that? And another thing again, it's money. Some people enter into politics for the money, not for the that, that is meant to cost. But the annoying part about the whole money up and down for, they just keep on putting Nigeria in debt. It's not even our generation that will pay for it. It's like the our coming children that have not even been born yet to, that will pay for all these things. So it, it's like, if sometimes people feel like, as if we just carry this Nigeria and sell to one, I don't say Chinese company, or my own thought was that, let us just carry one Chinese government. I'll come and put in Nigeria for, a, for maybe two years or a whole tenure. I don't understand you can be president for you. I know that it's not easy. So we have all our different vibes and everything, but I'm sorry, you are the president of the country. You can do so much better. Donald Trump, that no matter how people talk about, Donald Trump is this, Donald Trump is this. If he says he's doing this, he's doing it whether he like it or not. That kind of thing. And last of all, people talk about how, yes, he's doing things that people don't like, but in some aspects, America is moving forward. So compared to what was happening before, maybe their dollar or something else, or they were just like America is a land of opportunity. Maybe they have overpopulation, and then this, and then the dollar and everything. I don't even understand what's going on there. But I know that Donald Trump, yes, his issues. But when he says he wants to do this, he does it. And all the masses can murmur and everything. But you're not the president; he's the president. So Nigeria, yeah, we have a president, but I don't understand. Even I don't understand us youths. Not even us youths. Look at the person that you have. Oh, God. I see that I hate. I don't hate, though. But look at the person that power. One, ba- one oh, is a grandfather. He's not a man. He's not a father. He's a grandpa. He's a grandpa that is ruling us. I get that all this culture and sentimental things are there, but I'm sorry. I don't know what a grandpa, you want to explain. Gram- all these people, they are, their heads are already like, this is the way it works. So they still expect things to work. A younger person, a young yeah, a younger person like maybe in their twenties are still explaining and testing things. That one we understand. Someone in their forties, like who the, the last year, like I said last year, the previous election that we had younger people that were they say youth are not too young, to, not too young to run. We had younger people trying to run. It was actually a very very good thing. The only issue I hated was the fact that we're not we everybody. There's this issue in Nigeria. Everybody wants to build their own. So we had like younger literates who could do something, but they were all trying to do it. If they are just come to, unlike, let me, unlike PDP and APC, if that's, if that I'm correct, they had just one candidate and they had Bwari and then, but the younger, the younger people, we just had different candidates. If we had come together and just picked one person, that everybody, one person that every other parties who support and that person was who was put into the minds of youth and everything. Maybe, maybe we would have lost, probably. I won't lie. We would have lost. But the fact that we had one united person would have actually proved something like, shown that okay, and then maybe the next election, the person can run again. Not being divided. That's the issue. So, policies and code. My own is, I keep telling my parents, when all this baba, let them come and leave power. 
let us, the younger generation or whatever, that knows what is going on here, going on in the world. Let us like take not like the younger like twenty. Let us like take power and just see what we can do also. Do you think the problem is really really power though? Because power is just someone sitting there telling people what to do. But the fact that we don't produce, we don't export anything, that could be the problem. I mean, uh, um, the U.S. economy is thriving because they have a lot to give out. Hollywood, tech, their tech companies, and so many other things that they produce and give out to other people elsewhere. But like, we don't really produce much. I think that was. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. It's just like, let's just use the word, a business. Every business knows for you to make money, you must give something out. You must give value and then you get money. Yeah, don't say we don't really produce. Before growing up, our major source of income mostly was um, fuel, like oil. Oil. And then we had agriculture. But right now, oil is, is like rubbish. Let me use that word, rubbish. I cannot keep doing what he was doing for us. So oil is available almost everywhere. Agriculture that is meant to be another stream of income. Enough funds are not going into it. That's one. Number two, it's just like the same olden ways of doing agriculture. People as farmers are still using their holes and holes and what last farm. That kind of thing. I also blame modernization. I don't want to say, I feel like I want to say I want a businessman to take over Nigeria <laughs> because of as a business. I know like a businessman, a man that knows like if you're a businessman, you must know what is going on in every sector of your business. You cannot have marketing be doing nonsense. So if marketing is doing nonsense, it will affect the return. You cannot have the developers build nonsense. You cannot have like a businessman know that everybody must play their part. So agriculture, you're expecting this amount from agriculture. What's not? What? What is our problem? What are holding us back from getting this amount? Figure it out. What are the solutions? And one is that it is actually politics. So we will not hear about donancy yearly. We're having this budget, this amount to go for this. At the end of every ten year, a new person just come. They do any review of okay, this was the amount that was dedicated or for this. Have we done this? If not, where is the amount? But no, that's where you come and open news. And I'm a year one man, no man be shouting that they have eaten the money. This government did not do this. This government did not do this. It's really annoying, really. It's annoying. And it was then that man said that I am speaking up for my people. My people. My people. <laughs> it's really annoying. Yeah. Agriculture definitely not contribute to every aspect, but taxing, I know tax do, but even the tax that they are collecting, there is no systemized way of tracking whether each house pay. There's no systemized way of tracking where do the funds go. Personally, to me, I won't want to pay, like, to be honest, um, honestly, the Nigerians, you pay your tax and everything. But I will not want to pay tax if I don't know where the tax is going to do. So they're using it to build roads. Where are the roads? So they're building roads. Is it federal <laughs> roads that people are... Yes, federal roads are good. People are living on the federal road area. People are living on the inside. Is it water? Okay, well, doing borehole. That society that you're building, like we're building schools. I'm sorry, the schools that you're building, do they have teachers? You can't say public, the public school that you're built already. Are you running it well? Like, it's like so many things are messed up, and it's mostly from politics. I won't say economic, like Nigeria is blessed. Like, you can't say economically, we're not okay, we're blessed. 
blessed. And take wise, we are blessed. Like we have amazing people in this country. And also, yes, religiously we are blessed. Whether you are a Muslim, you are a Christian, I shall know that the amount of prayer that have entered into this Nigeria will be better. This Nigeria will be better. Ah. So in every aspect, we are blessed. That politically, that is just messing things up. What do you think is our role as people in tech, if we want to start solving these issues, our role in trying to navigate and, you know, trying to mitigate these issues to better society in a way? Do you think we have a role to play as tech people or it, it's, or it also affects us and we don't really have any hand in it? Everybody has come to this realization that government cannot solve your problem for you. You are solving your problem mm. for yourself. That's one thing. So every almost every company have something like offering. So let me use the example of transportation. I'll say in US or UK, I don't know, but what I see in movies, all I'm speaking from is from movie experience or news, national news, those kind of their news. They have all these bosses and co. Those things will be funded by a very big private company or that can be funded by the government where people enter and they pay, they pay, and that money goes to the government. But no, government is that is meant to provide, like example, the Lagos. The Lagos has crowded and bosses and co. I don't know how they do their taxes there. But now, tech company, let me use the example of Gokada and Uber. They know about, like, transportation is a major issue here. How can we live? How can we solve this problem and get money? That's how Uber came into play. Gokada came into play. And yet they started, like, for example, me, if I want, if I'm rushing somewhere, I will enter a bike. If I want a, if I want to travel, and then I don't want to go and be looking for keke, I can get other a car. So, and, but then the only thing about is that I cannot be doing this freely. I have to make money to keep it running. Even the Uber and all these Jumia or Co. Some of these companies will make profit, like you expect. Yes, they are out there, but according to all this, they are forecasting and speculation or planning. They don't make profit to their fifth year. So at, you think it's not easy to run a company, but the first time that you build everything, you have to logistics, marketing, and then before people start using it consistently, it's not like easy to make money. And then our, that's like us, that's us, the tech people trying to solve a problem. Almost every tech company I see is solving a problem for the people. Problem that some of the problems that government can do, tech companies are doing them. By incorporating tech, whether, whether it's an agri-tech company, like example, let me use farm crowding. Farm crowding is basically investment and agriculture. There are a lot of people that have money and they want to invest. Why not in the agri-sector? So farm crowding is like a platform. They go and talk to all the farmers and get them on board. And then the farmer, and then they give them money to grow those things. But then when they sell it, these investors get their profits. That is a way of making money. That's a problem that they are solving. But now this government, you said this government have wala, Uber, Gokada, government. I don't know what happened, but probably they say people are making money, making money too much. They now came and put taxes, and banned in Lagos, saying that. It's actually it's a very foolish thing because of I know because I experienced as the as the uh, I was living in Lagos when the when that ban place you ban bikes and you ban keke you said that there is over like the cars are too much so you now ban keke and keke and bike so what did you provide instead instead to help people some people that their houses are inside 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 they cannot get to any bus close by they have to go and do 
they have to get a bike or a keke to get to anywhere of bus. But now you have banned that. I know people that had to walk for more than an hour. Like it was, it was, I, it was madness. It was madness that before you could just take a keke, but now you have to take a bike. And even the buses that were available, the prices of buses now went higher. So there was no more bike. Uber. Yes, you guys say Uber and Co. Yes, because of that, people are take Uber. But even the Lagos traffic that you're trying to reduce, it did not stop. So what was the use? Like it was like, and then now the Uber and the Goka that you push them all away from Lagos. Like you, you now not not Uber. I think go um, Uber they put tax. Go Kada and all those bike hailing services. You told them no more. They are no more allowed. So they had to find another way of making money. The money they have never made yet. Maybe some are making money, not all. You have to make them go and change all their business model. All because you cannot solve your problem yourself. You can't stop somebody else. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I I I I think is a no no um scenario with this government and and with the way it's going. I think maybe is I think it depend it depends on the state though. Because m- much of the problems emanated from Lagos and is Lagos, Lagos is trying to cripple innovation in its states. And that's like one of the most innovative states in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Lagos is a Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just ask you one question. And then, you know, I leave the floor open for you to talk about anything you want. What's the favorite writing about yourself? Right now. Maybe right now or generally. My white hair. I dyed my hair white. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I saw the picture. Cool. I, I I actually commented on it that time. I remember. stigma. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the end. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Blessing Emma. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Rate it five stars and also share this podcast with those who you think might be interested. That's it for me until next week. And until then, stay curious.